Welcome to Working for Women, the independent women's forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better. Hi, everyone. I'm Julie Gunlock, Director of the Culture of Alarmism Project at the Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. Today, I'm here to talk about an event IWF is hosting on October 19th in Washington, D.C. If you're interested in attending the event, go to iwf.org and click on the events button at the top of your page. You'll find all the details there, and you can also RSVP. So the event is called Reasonable Moms Unite, how we push back on the culture that demands we worry about everything. Joining me today is one of my favorite people, and I think one of the most reasonable moms I know, Julie Kelly, Julie Kelly, who is a food and agriculture writer from Orland Park, Illinois. Julie, you know I am so thrilled always to talk to you, so thanks for coming on. Oh my gosh, I just love being uh, on your show, and thanks <laughs> so much for having me. <laughs> well, well, listen, you know, look, you and I write on this issue a lot, and, and we can probably talk for the next hour, but, um, but look, you know, I just want to give kind of people the, a sense of what we're going to be talking about at this event. Sadly, you are not on the panel, although we hope to, you are going to be on some future panels. We always love when you come to D.C. or when we go on the road, and, um, and because you are just such a voice of reason, and I want to set this up a little bit for people, right? So... So the the movie Bad Moms came out, and I don't. Uh, Julie, did you see that movie? No, I wanted to over the weekend, but I watched the writer cup instead. Okay, okay, fun. okay. Well, the movie <laughs> the movie the movie Bad Moms came out, and for those of you who are listening or not familiar with this movie, is it stars Mila Kunis. Um, she's like kind of an annoyingly beautiful, like you know, young yes. mother of teenagers, mm-hmm. but that's fine. The casting was a little off, but um, she plays a young mom who is just kind of fed up with this culture of of moms being told you need to mother harder, you need to mother better, you need to do better, 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 right? And mm-hmm. it really resonated, I think, with a lot of women because this is all we hear. Now, you and I write about something sort of related to that, which is the alarmism that comes with motherhood now. Um, that It's not only a matter of mothering better, it's a matter of protecting your children from, you know, this sort of these risks that are out there, right? And, and moms... I think are really getting tired of it. I think they're, be, they're being tired that they need to meet impossible standards to be a good mom, right? So to be a good mom, right, you're told you have to cook every meal from scratch, from expensive organic ingredients. You need to hover and monitor your child's every activity. Um, you're, you're encouraged to examine and scrutinize every single thing your child touches, eats, or brushes against, right? Right. So this makes parenting harder. It's exhausting. It's joyless, right? And and so I think, so instead, and then, you know, then the bad moms, right? They're like the crazy moms. They work too hard. They never are home. They never cook. They never clean, you know? and, and so, I, you know, when you, when you think about women sort of being put in both of these categories, like one or the other, I felt like there's time, it's time we had a new category, and that is the reasonable moms, right? They, they want to raise their kids without so much fear and anxiety. They want to guiltlessly take shortcuts. Occasionally, they want to give their kids a treat occasionally. You know, they want less of a judgmental society um, that's more, more um, supportive of parents. So, I, you know, I'm sorry for this long wind-up, but I wanted to sort of, you know, uh, define this for people that I think I am a reasonable mom. I think you are too. Tell me, tell me what you find so unreasonable about parenting today and some of the demands that you feel and that you're also sort of working to 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 push back against? Yeah, that's a, a great question. And, you know, I think a lot of this, I used to refer to it a few years ago as competitive parenting or competitive mothering. 
you know, I think there's um, moms, especially my age, you know, in their in their forties, and you know, you were at, you're educated, you gave up your career to maybe stay home. And this is your newest outlet for proving yourself as a worthy human being, you know, how yeah. you feed your kids, what you feed them, what their ACT score is, you know, how many activities they're in. And that's really, unfortunately, I think how a lot of moms gauge, gauge themselves or their, their yeah. level of success. So I kind of get it. You know, I fell into that a little bit when my daughters were younger. I, I've said this before, I made every bite of their baby food from scratch. You know, I thought I yep. could get some kind of kudos, you know, in the mom world for that. Um, and so what it really does is you're really making other moms feel bad. You know, you're making yourself feel good, but there's a superiority complex that goes along with it. Yep. Um, now, my background and how I fell into these food issues and writing about them, aside from my political background, is I taught cooking classes out of my home. I haven't done it in a while because I'm so busy doing all of this. But, you know, when I saw a lot of moms who, who didn't cook, they didn't know how to. And the thing, what I called my class was fearless cooking because they're so afraid that they're going to poison their kids. They're not going to cook the chicken enough. It's going to be pink. Their kids right. are going to get sick. You know, they're, they're, they are, that was the word I heard the most, that they were afraid. You know, what if they didn't use organic? You know, should they use farm farm fish or wild caught fish or, you know, whatever the terminology is. And even when I was cooking, even though I cook and I I cook a lot, um, I didn't want to shame these moms into thinking you need to cook every dinner at home. You know, my point was I I kept all the recipes within like eight or nine ingredients. I never said it has to be organic or it has to be, you know, this certain amount. I'm like, just once or twice a week, if you can put a, a nice meal on the table for your family, as a departure for what you're doing otherwise, you know, it, it, it's a good thing. It takes a lot of time. You know, it's time to shop and prepare and cook and clean up. Um, but, you know, it, it does, it, it, a lot of these moms wanted to do that. So that was just my role enabling it. But I see this uh, this overwhelming pressure of every aspect um, uh, of mothering. And, you know, it really does need to be toned down um, because you it lose does. your own identity then. You know, your well, you identity know, is wrapped up in your kids. Well, you know, it, it really is. It's interesting that you, you talk about, you know, how, how you personally felt this way and, and came to just in, in running your own business, this cooking business out of your home and advising moms and seeing how many questions they have. You know, I can't tell you um, the number of, you know, women that, that come to me and ask questions about, you know, is this actually dangerous? Is this actually bad? You know, I'd really like to save money. You know, I have three little boys and they're now into sports and just, just, the money I spend on, you know, uh, Little League and, and then the, the equipment that goes with it and the, and the uniforms and all of this stuff, it's, it's really difficult for, uh, for us financially to afford it. And then, sure. you know, then it, now, now luckily I am able to save money on groceries, but I think about those moms who, you know, may read a, you know, this is what's interesting. So, uh, you know, Rachel Ray, she's very popular, very, you know, on, mm-hmm. on Food Network, right? And I started to notice a change in her too, like, and the ingredient lists on her recipes, you know, it used to just be chicken, you know, four pounds of chicken, you know, cut up or whatever. Then you would start to see like four pounds of organic chicken. Like they would, you know, she would add that word in. Um, and, you know, or she Rachel would say. Rachel not a mother either. Right. She's not a mother and she has billions of dollars. And, um, and so mm-hmm. you think about like, this stuff and you see that a lot on, on mom blogs too. You know, they'll say, you know, buy the, 
the best, most organic, locally grown, da 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 da. You know, there's all these like ingredients. Recipes are no longer just recipes. They are, they are, a, you know, a lecture about a mission, a of, mission statement. Yes, yes. And so, you know, I think women, you know, that might be a subtle thing, but then they start to think, well, goodness, you know, if I can, you know, if I can afford this. And look, I think there are plenty of women who can afford this. I think most of the women that um, that I live next to in my in my neighborhood outside of Washington D.C can afford this very sort of, I call it aspirational shopping, where they go and they buy the yes. top line stuff. They, they shop at Whole Foods. But there's just a number of people who can't. And it's so horrible to suggest that one is better than the other. When, you know, Julie, you write a lot on science issues, and I do as well. And when you look at the evidence, I mean, Stanford University did this huge study showing that there is absolutely no mm-hmm. nutritional difference between organic and conventional produce. There's no nutritional difference. And yet people are spending there, there, there's limited amount of funds on this stuff. So I think that, you know, uh, I, when I see women who are being told, you know, if you really love your kids, you know, you'll buy this organic food or you'll, you know, go non-GMO or you'll buy local, you know, I, I, it frustrates me because they're not getting a healthier product for that premium price. Well, not only that, Julie, and this is something that is on my back burner, but I, I really want to write about the moms out there listening should know if you're buying organic, you are likely buying an imported food product. That's right. And this, this idea that local organic goes together, it does not. The U.S. is a net importer of organic food. What's even scarier is the rise in imported so-called organic grains from countries like Turkey, Romania, India, China that have very lax, if any, food safety rules. There was an article that was posted today by Cornucopia, which is no friend of ours, Um, but they are very alarmed about the rise in really fraudulent organic grains. So if you're buying organic dairy, the likelihood that the cow that they sourced the dairy from for yogurt, milk, whatever, ate these imported grains. Now, how is that not alarming? And I always say... So you trust imported organic soybeans from India, but not GMO soybeans from Indiana. I mean, the logic behind the food movement it is illogical. And in some regards, it's dangerous. Not yeah. only, you know, what it is doing to moms, which is making them a little bit nutty. I, I gave a speech to a, an organization over the summer and this woman stood up and she said, I go to the grocery store and I feel like I'm making life and death choices. And I have a five-year-old. And I thought that hits the nail on the head. I mean, she really encapsulates what this whole movement is about. Uh, They want you to believe that. So you will buy the products that their organic executives are trying to sell and and profit themselves. They really don't care about you. They care about themselves. So uh, that's another thing moms should know. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know, I think about how just the way in which my mom raised me, you know, she would pick me up from school. There were never any play dates, right? It was just, you're coming home, right? And then if I wanted to get on my bike and roll around to someone's house, that was fine. But it was on my own, as opposed to me, who is like my, you know, running my children's social calendars. They have a better, like, social life than I do with all their play dates and all their sports and everything. And, and, you know, and I often had to get myself to, to, a, to after school events. Like I, I didn't have a chauffeur and an Uber. I am an Uber driver. And right. so I didn't have that. Right. And then, you know, I think about like she would take us to the grocery store and I would sit in the car with the with windows rolled down for an hour <laughs> while she did the whole shopping. Okay. And, and, and you know, without as you know, without a cell phone either, <laughs> without a cell phone. Right. And as you know, I, I left my kids in the car for about 15 minutes and this guy, 
attacked me for being irresponsible, right? And I went in for one thing. I went in for a rotisserie chicken as opposed to my mother who would come out with a week's worth of food, okay? And then, you know, and then we'd go home and she'd, you know, she'd open a couple cans of corn and warm them up and she'd make some rice and she'd fry up a chicken breast that was like cheap, you know, just some chicken breast she picked up. And then we'd have dinner and then we'd do our, you know, like life was just, she didn't agonize over oh, my God, is the chicken Bell and Evans, and is it organic, and blah, you know, and, oh, this right. is canned corn. Is there BPA in the can? I mean, good God. You know, there was just not, <laughs> none of this extra um, thought put into it. it. Life was just simpler, and I think, I mean, I'm raising my kids that way. I'm trying to, like, look, we, you know, I, I'm trying to sort of shrug off, and a lot of the alarmism, obviously, I write on this stuff, and I'm aware that it, a lot of it is marketing, and, and it's, it's, it's very profitable for the fear mongers out there, but but I think for the average person who, you know, maybe it's not their job to do this, like I do and you do, it is hard to tune that stuff out. It's very hard. It, it is. And, um, you know, I, I think that the information um, that is getting out there, I mean, you know, you talk about how we were raised, you know, what food, because our food options were so limited. I mean, right. they're not now. We can get any kind of food that we want, really. I mean, most of anytime. us live in an urban, suburban area anytime. I mean, our parents, our moms didn't have that. They went to one grocery store. You know, the choices were very limited. And, and that's, yeah. that's what you ate. Um but also this mom shaming idea too, you know, I see a lot of the foodie elites, you know, they talk down about places like McDonald's or, you know, I right. have moms try to, trying to say, can you teach a class with food that we can put in a container and have in the car for our kids when we're running around to all these different activities, you know, we need, so, you know, the moms who do roll through a McDonald's, you know what, they've got three kids trying to get to hockey or music lessons or whatever. I mean, you know that they're feeling bad doing it because you have these elitists who don't have yeah. that problem. Right. It never crosses their mind. When you have nannies, you know, Tom Colicchio right. has his nanny making his two little boys, you know, food all day. Well, of course he can shame mom. He doesn't worry about it. McDonald's yeah. Because he's never lived that way. You know, these elites right. don't, that's what the moms need to know. The people who are pushing these messages do not live like you. And, and, no and suburban honestly, mom is going to tell another suburban mom don't go through McDonald's once or twice a week and I mean, before. And I think not. it's really, I think it's really important to point out to the listeners here. Julie's not exaggerating. Look, I, this weekend was scanning through my Facebook feed and looking at articles. I was told goldfish crackers are toxic, that mm-hmm. I'm a terrible mother for not buying organic food that, Oh gosh, what, what were the other ones? There were, Oh, um, like there was a, a warning on like Avena or like some some hand lotion that's like over the you know that everyone buys right that um that that has you know endocrine disruptors or something it was just astonishing and I have you know I I was just amazed it was one weekend of just terrifying messages out there right and I mean there's a there's an organization called Momovation and they they mm-hmm. they um they present themselves as these mommy bloggers but really they're just they're sort of like a they're sort of like a activist organization. And they do have mommy mm-hmm. bloggers blog for them, but but they're really sort of these radical environmental activists and like anti-chemical and anti-conventional food and anti, you know, just agriculture. And um, and they have this like top 10 processed foods. You should never, ever, ever. And they actually say like never, ever let your ch- – I mean the, the absurdity of this, the unreasonableness of that advice, okay? And that's, that's one of the articles where I was told like goldfish crackers are going to kill my kid. I mean how – like what in the world – in what on what planet do you live on that you think it's uh, it's acceptable to sort of say this like I'm not my child is not eating goldfish crackers 
every hour of every day. You know, it's a snack. It's something I give them, you know, after school. It's very convenient. And it's, and there is nutri- there are some nutritious qualities about them. So, you know, this is what I'm talking about. It's, like, it's so frustrating. There are women who will see that and they're like, okay, I'm never having, I'm never, ever, ever going to, you know, allow my child to have a goldfish cracker, which again, then she has to rush around looking for, you know, some sort of organic, which probably has the exact same it has nutrition. the same ingredients. Yeah. Just same ingredients. It's, right. But it's more expensive. Right. And it has like, you know, it has some sort of, you know, label that looks like it was hand drawn by an Amish person. You know, so it's like, <laughs> you know, you go, to, you go to this extra work, you go to this extra expense, and ultimately you're not, you're not providing your child anything better. Um, so this is the kind of thing that I, I just think it makes mothering harder and joyless and stressful. And you think about it. And I think I, Which it is already. I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think about this stuff. I don't, I don't worry about this. I go down the chip aisle. I look for what's on sale. I go to the meat aisle. I look for what's on sale. I go to the produce. I look for what's on sale, right? This is my shopping strategy, okay? Now, imagine if I had to worry about all this stuff and I was looking at labels and checking things out. I mean, right. I just don't have time. I have so many other things on my plate. Well, and here's another thing, Julian, that, that moms, I think we know this intuitively, but we're being told not to. Kids should not and cannot eat like adults, okay? Right. We force ourselves to eat things that we don't want to, like broccoli or kale or whatever, the most hideous, you know, thing we have to, because we know (laughs) it's healthier, you know, it fills us up, you know, it has micronutrients, blah, 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 blah. So, but if we had our druthers, right, we would still eat a cheeseburger and fries every day. I know I would, but I make myself eat healthier food. Kids have differences. Now, obviously, we have an obesity problem with children being obese and overweight. There's a lot of factors that go into that. Uh, a lot of it is genetics and cultural. But by the same token, kids need sugar. Kids need fat. They, yeah. need, they need more of you know, what we as adults tend to cut out. And now even the science is coming out that we shouldn't have been cutting a lot of this stuff out to begin with. Um, but this idea that your children are going to want to eat the way that you're making yourself eat for health reasons or weight reasons or whatever it is, is really folly. I mean, like I said, I cooked so much for my kids when they were younger, made their baby food. Well, now they're teenagers and preteens. They go up to their friends. You know, they're going out to fast food places and Buffalo Wild Wings. Right. And, you know, they're going to all these because that's how kids want to eat. That's how teenagers eat. You know, they're not right. like, Mom, can I, I'd rather come home. Can you make me a kale Caesar salad with some grilled chicken? <laughs> no. They're like, we're going to, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings or we're going to go to Fridays or whatever. And, right. And they're not dying. They I weren't mean, there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to have the metabolism I had when I was 15 years old, but I don't. And sadly, I, I'm like you, I force myself to eat healthier, but really I would, I would like to eat a big bowl of pasta every single night um, instead of the cauliflower yeah. rice that I'll probably make tonight and cry. <laughs> um, yeah. Covered with tears um, for extra salt. Um, so, yeah. Look, the, the, the thing is, is I, I also find you know, parenting advice on nutrition to be equally irritating. Like the, the latest, the, 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 the modern parenting advice on getting kids to eat vegetables, Okay, is that you have to present? I can't. I, I can't even talk about this without laughing. Is oh, to present yeah. it twenty it. times. Okay, so you and you don't. You don't force them, right? You just nicely put it on their plate, right? And eventually they'll take a nipple of it. Okay, so I wrote an op-ed on this because I find because I often write on on parenting as well, and I I find this advice so irritating. Again, from an economic standpoint, okay, because I don't have the money okay, to waste on giving my child a serving of food 20 times 
before they eat it. So, wow. like, my parenting advice is, have you tried yelling at them? I mean, <laughs> yes. Like, say, yes. eat your corn. Right. Like, if you don't, or, or how about this? You're not getting up from the table until you eat your corn. Or how about this? You don't get to have any fun until you eat your green beans or corn. I mean, you're not you getting, know. yeah, you're not getting anything else to eat until that, at least. Yeah, I mean, I just, I find it, I find it so coddling of kids that we are supposed to somehow present something that, I mean, I'm not presenting liver and onions. Okay. It's a carrot, right? It's a piece of corn or whatever. Right. So it, it, this is not torture. We, it, it is, it, you know, we treat our children like snowflakes, like they're so delicate. Um, Precious. You know, look, my kids, it's not always pleasant, but my kids eat what's on their plate. I mean, you know, not, yeah. they don't scrape it clean, but when I put something in front of them, they're going to eat it and there's going to be consequences if they don't. And so I just find, again, the parenting advice 20 times and you never insist they eat it and you never like raise your voice. I mean, like no. these are just unreasonable requests. Now I would love to be the patient mother who, who doesn't get frustrated, but I do. And I think most reasonable people do. So again, you know, the food, you know, it's not always just alarmism. I find it's unreasonable. Again, this is why we are launching this program reasonable moms and dads. We also like men, so I'm not, I don't mean to exclude anybody. But again, you know, I, think, I think people are getting a little tired of this, this coddling of kids, um, whether it's food yeah. or you know, letting them ride their bike, whatever it is. I think that there needs to be. You know, I think a big change for me, quite honestly, was when I saw some of the older moms who I knew their kids were going off to college and they are still texting them 10 times a day and making sure that they're up for their class or they're going, you know, they're visiting this college 10 times before the kid is even there. And I thought, okay, you have lost who you are because you spent 18 years being subservient to this human being who's not going to go off and have a blast. And you're still, you know, making, you know, sending, food to them every single week and making sure, you know, yeah, so let it go, go find something for yourself. You know, you are a human being with value and purpose too. And you can't, you know, then you hit your fifties and you've wrapped up your entire life in every moment and every decision based on, you know, kids. I know I've seen parents who have given up every weekend of their life for 10 years to yeah. take their kids around to sports events. But guess what? By the time they're, you know, junior in high school, they're not even involved anymore. Well, the thing is, is that fortune and given up all their free time to, to try to push or please these kids and you end up empty handed. There is a trend in this country to sort of fetishize mother, motherhood, right? Like Mm -hmm. that it's become this, it's, it's just all encompassing. Like you, you're, you just have to give your whole life up to be a mother, you need to buy the most expensive things. You need to have the best, most educational toys. They need to be, you know, again, crafted, you know, in someone's garage or barn or something like it's, it, you have to, you have to buy the most expensive food. I mean, every aspect you need to hover over them, right? There's a great yeah. book ca- uh, called how to raise an adult by Julie Lifecott Hames. I highly recommend it. I wrote a review um, of the book uh, uh, several months ago. She was a for, she was a dean for like 20 years at an Ivy League school. I can't remember which one. It might have been Stanford. And she noticed over that 20-year period how 
less capable kids were of taking care of themselves. She would notice that there was increased shyness among the kids. They couldn't make eye contact. They couldn't have a conversation. The parents would do all of the talking during the meetings. Um, then once the kids got off, went off to school, there were some significant issues with anxiety and depression, suicide, really, really serious issues because these kids simply had never learned any kind of coping skills, any kind of independent skills. I mean, kids really need so. You know, so Julie Lightscott Hames, her book is really interesting. And then when you consider, now she, she's it focusing on It must be the name, the, Julie. Must yeah, it name. must be. It must be. <laughs> all and, this um, wisdom. So, all this wisdom. So she write, writes sort of the effect of helicopter parenting or hover or, or, or sort of that, that, you know, over-parenting on older children, on college-age kids, and how they really do fail when sort of launched. You know, couple that with, with Lenore Skenazy, who is actually going to be on our Reasonable Moms panel on October 19th. Again, go to IWF.org if you're interested in going. She is actually going to be on our panel. And Lenore really focuses on, I think, sort of kids at an earlier age, how we are so nervous, we are so scared to, to let them out on their own, to have any mm-hmm. unsupervised play that we hover over them. So I think together, you know, these two two writers on this subject, both Julie Lifecott Hames and Lenore Skenazy, really paint a picture of sort of what the consequences are of this overparenting. You and I sort of focus on on, on the medical issues, the scientific issues, the food issues, um, you know, and and how how that's manifest in those areas. But I think people um, really need to start really to, to, to read the work of uh, you know, Julie Kelly, uh, Julie Lifecott Hames, Lenore Skenazy, certainly myself, um, Julie and, and mm-hmm. Julie Gunlock, and see, see how this is really creating not only a society where our children are just not able to take care of themselves and do the basic things, but also misery in parenting, true misery. You, you know, you mentioned these, these women who like give up to a decade of their life and their kids aren't really yeah. even interested in those sports. I mean, you really need to put these things in perspective and, and not, not sort of you know, forget yourself um, while you're parenting your children. It doesn't do your kids any good either. No, no. And you really, what you just said is so important for moms, especially the young ones who are there in your home, you know, especially if you're with little ones, you know, there comes a time where, you know, you want to kind of regroup and regain who you used to be. And that's okay. You know, you have to, you're going to, you have a lot of years left after these kids are in school, right? I mean, my daughter's a year and a half away from going to college. You know, I'll be turning 50 and it's like, wow, I have, you have a whole other life ahead of you. You've learned so much being a mother, but you also want to be, you know, an individual person who contributes to society or you find, refine the passion like, you know, I have with this or, or what you're doing. Um, and so, you know, in a way it does devalue and make mom so women so subservient in a way that, you know, you could argue all, yeah, like that was the case 50 years ago. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost it's almost like a reversal. Like we expect women, you know, you hear, and and, and we're going to wrap this up, but, I, but, you know, you hear this message, and I know you have written about this too, like, you know, the message is, I need to buy the most expensive ingredients, organic, locally grown, non-GMO, to feed my children, preferably that I've grown myself in my backyard because <laughs> sure. I have so much time to do that, right? And then right. it's really astonishing when you really dig down into these mommy bloggers. Okay, so, like, one I, I, I read recently, she's like, goodness, do you know what's in your flour? And, like, she's talking about bread flour, like, you know, like um, all-purpose flour, right? And then she, so she has this ominous headline, right? And then she gives, I'm not kidding you, a database 
where you can put in your zip code and figure out where you can grind your own flour. I'm not kidding. Ostensibly from the wheat that you've grown in your backyard. Okay. Then another mommy blogger, she's like, goodness, don't make your own soda, right? Or she's like, no, don't buy soda, make it, right? So she gives this recipe for homemade ginger ale, right? Which has like 700 cups of sugar. So it's not, it's not in any way more nutritious, right? Like a normal, a reasonable mom would say, I'm going to add ginger ale to my grocery list. No, no, no. If you're, if you're a good mom, right, you will make your own ginger ale. I mean, these are the kinds of things that make, you know, that again, you mentioned this is what it was like 50 years ago. I mean, my husband's grandmother didn't have her own garden because she liked to garden. She was grinding poverty, okay? She needed to yeah, grow some things. Right. Um, and she right. spent a lot of time doing it. She didn't have time to go out with her friends and go see a movie and go to happy hour or, like, you know, have a book club. No, she was tending her garden. So, um, you know, I, I think that, I think, again, yeah, this really is like a throwback. It puts women sort of, uh, yes, it, it, does, it doesn't allow them any free time to do anything that they enjoy. No, you are, you are a slave again to your family and, um, you know, there's no upside to it except just the continuation of, you know, putting your needs and your intellectual development, your social development, whatever it is, uh, you know, way down the list to make flour. That's, (laughs) You know, human progress and modernity, these are great things. We are so lucky to be living in this time. Modern grocery stores. Modern grocery stores used to be considered progress. Okay, let's not forget. I go to the store this morning. I actually went to the store. I had to get a mop and I had to get light bulbs. And guess what? I went to one store. Okay, I didn't have to go to the hardware store and then the light bulb store and then the bake. You know, I I went to one store. It was great. Um, And that that I prefer. So, hey, listen, Julie, you know, I I, I honestly I always enjoy I feel like um, I I just always feel so great when I talk to you. You're so fun and um, you're such a breath of fresh air. As I said, you are one of the most reasonable moms that I know. Um, well, so listen, my daughters and, might disagree, but I'm going <laughs> to put that on. I'm going to put that on a loop so they can hear I think, it every morning. I'm going to send you an embroidered pillow with reasonable mom Please on do. it. Please do. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know. Well, we we don't seem like the. I don't know that we seem like the re, the embroidered pillow types. But you know, hey, maybe. Oh God, no. That's right. <laughs> I'll keep it out of sight so no one thinks I've lost my mind. But. Thank you so much, Julie. You do such great work. I don't know how, honestly, you do all that you do with three younger <laughs> boys. But, you know, you, your work is so great, and I so appreciate you having me on it. And I wish I could be at the panel. D.C. is my favorite city, but um, I'm not going to be able to make it out next time, but uh, this time, but hopefully next time. Well, listen, for anybody listening, Julie, we just adore you. We will have you on a panel soon, and we will continue to promote your work. Um, Julie Kelly is a writer and can be found all over. Julie, do you have something you want to promote or a website or, or, or something that um, you're working on right now? I'm working on my website, but um, most I'm mostly active on Twitter. So Julie underscore Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, two, And you can see my recent articles or whoever I'm picking a fight with that day. Which is yeah, she is hilarious. Or she is so cr- or non-GMO. Yeah. Or She's really tough on Twitter. You always want Julie on your side. Um, I just want to thank everyone for listening. Um, our event is October. Again, it's Reasonable Moms Unite. We'll have Jenny Splitter, who's a freelance writer. Oh, she's um, awesome. She's awesome. Uh, Bethany Mandel, a- another freelance writer and a senior uh, senior writer at The Federalist. 
and the great, the one and only Lenore Skenazy, who is the founder of the Free Range Kids Movement. Um, she is, I am a huge fan of hers. So we will all be in D.C. talking about how to bring reasonableness back to parenting, how to bring some measure of calm and joy back to parenting. Um, so I hope everyone can join us there. You can go to IWF.org. Again, go to the events page to RSVP and to get more details. Julie Kelly, thank you again for joining us. This has been another edition of the Working for Women podcast. Um, Check us out at IWF.org. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.